The diehard Eagles podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by my bookie.ag. My bookie is doing everything they can to help DGENs only cash big, including a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. That's my bookie.ag promo code SGP to get a 50% deposit match. We're also brought to you by thrive fantasy thrive. Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the app store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace per head. Ace is the leader in pay pred providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome everyone to the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin, the unthinkable happened. We lost to the goddamn New York giants, Daniel Jones. I'm not going to say played a good game, but a competent game from Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, Kramer now is, is, is happy. He's, he's talking shit. And even though we're in first place, it's, it's tough to really respond. Because this team, it was it was just a lifeless performance from the Philadelphia Eagles, losing at at the uh, at New MetLife Stadium, just a, a brutal loss. <sighs> I don't even know where to go from here, Rob. Is this the beginning of the end for the Doug Peterson era? Well, first of all, I'm just glad I kept the Masters on the main uh, TV because <laughs> uh, that was much better TV than that Eagles game. Um, you know. I, I think the answer is yes. Quite honestly, I I don't know uh, that they'll have the guts to pull the trigger and end his tenure this year. Uh, I certainly don't think they'll do it mid season. Um, But I just think this is now we're now three years removed from the super bowl two seventeen, And we've just progressively gone downhill every year since then. And it's clear the team's a mess. I mean, I, I've read some quotes from Doug that you know he feels good about the play calling. He felt him and Wentz were on the same page. I mean, really? Like, what is the guy <laughs> looking at? How how does he feel good about that play calling? We call like the same four stale plays. The Hertz thing is old now. I mean, either he's got to throw the ball once or a while, or it's just stupid. Um, you know, I just have zero confidence in Doug as a play caller. I have zero confidence in Doug as a coach now too, because the whole team's a mess. And it ultimately the buck stops with him. I don't care how many offensive assistants we have at the end of the day, he's the head coach. And especially if he's going to be the head coach that wants to have fun calling plays, <laughs> then he's got to be responsible when it's not working. And clearly it's not working. And you know, quite honestly, I, I'm now at the point where I think the only chance of resurrecting Wentz is to get rid of Doug and start new with a new coach. That uh, that's where I'm at. I'm out on Doug. I've been out on Schwartz for a long time, so I guess I'm out on the whole coaching staff at this point. <laughs> so Rob's out on everyone. Justin, where are you at? Are you are you optimistic that Doug P can turn this thing around? <laughs> 
<laughs> Optimism. No, uh, that we just lost to the Giants. Um, and I mean, there's really nowhere to look other than coaching, especially this is a prime example. We asked Wentz to do what we've been asking him to do all season. No turnovers in that game. He played fairly well. Now, no, it wasn't mesmerizing by any means, but I mean, that was, that was a coaching loss right there. In my opinion. Um, I mean, just look at the stats. Oh, for nine on third down, Sean. Oh, for nine. How that do we was, not, how do we not accidentally get one a third down against the giants? <laughs> like, making making Daniel yeah. Jones look like goddamn Michael Vick out there. I, I mean, th- it was just, it was lifeless on both sides of the ball. Couldn't tackle. Well, uh, just sloppy all around. And you're right. They, the big thing was like, okay, Carson Wentz can't turn it over. Can't turn it over. He doesn't turn it over. And the offense still looks like shit. He played within the system. The problem is the system is broken. The system is broken. And uh, I don't think Doug P is, is, is quite frankly, the guy that can fix it. Justin, where do you, where do you think uh, Lori is with all this? I don't know. Lori's got a lot of thinking to do right now. Uh, not actually, I shouldn't even say no, he doesn't have much thinking to do at all. I mean, just look at, look at the record since Doug's been there. Um, take out the super bowl, for instance, when Frank Reich was there. And I think he, the writing's on the wall right now. Um, he just, how, how has he not been able to get the talent on this roster to do better within the last two years? I mean, yes, Carson's gone down a couple times uh, within the past three, but I mean, He's he's been healthy throughout this whole season. Um, we've had I know we've had some injuries, but we got a good enough roster uh, to the point where we should be doing a lot better and have a, a better record in this situation. Well, yeah. Also, and, going into going into this game, what were we like four and fourteen on fourth down conversions? Something crazy. I'm going off the top of my head here, but it's something shitty. So I, I, that's all coaching and that's offensive coaching. Yeah. It does feel like Doug P has lost his mojo desperately, you know, trying to get it again. And uh, yeah, I mean, this game especially was an indictment on Doug P because you had the whole week to prepare. You had all these guys coming back from injury and still couldn't put out an offensive game plan that really, uh, really just did anything. It seems like there's way too many cooks in the kitchen. And if Doug P is smart, which again, very much up for debate, Rob's already decided on, on one side of the debate that he's a, he does, he does give out himbo vibes, which I don't think is helping him. But uh, you know, he's, I think he's got to fire one of these like nine offensive coordinators just, and just to save his own skin. Rob, where do you think Lori is with all this? Because Doug well, P came in, he gave him the first Super Bowl. They've they've gotten to the playoffs three years in a row, so that is a level of consistency. It's tough to f- fire a guy three years in a row, playoffs, one year Super Bowl. You have one year, even this year. I mean, if this year, if they if they go, you know, still get into the playoffs four years in a row, please, can Lori really I, fire him? Y- y- yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Uh, first of all, any playoffs we make this year is just a red herring. I mean, okay, so we're gonna make the playoffs being like, you know, five and eleven. Give me a break. Who cares? Um, look, this can't be lost on Lori. We already heard at the end of last season there was all those talks. You know, Doug said absolutely, Grow's gonna be back. Then the next day or a couple of days later, he's gone. He's fired. Clearly, Lori and and Howie stepped in. So 
this isn't lost on them that Doug's play calling has gotten stale. Another year, nothing has changed. Look, I, I'm not convinced it's all these assistants. Firing them's not going to do anything. Clearly, Doug is not processing and he's not taking input. Either he's he's overloaded by having too many people there, or he's just stubborn, thinks he's a Super Bowl winning coach, and he's not willing to take feedback. You know, I saw online, and it's a great point. And I was probably the biggest uh, critic of Mike Grow uh, out there, and, and was you know thought he needed to go. But somehow we fired Mike Grow, and our offense actually got worse. I mean, <laughs> who could have seen that coming? Uh, it's just amazing. So, look, I I would be surprised if Lori fires ha- fires Doug. I think, quite honestly, he should. What I fear is they're not going to fire him. And we're going to have to limp along for two more mediocre years before he finally says, okay, we have to fire him. Then we wasted another two years, another two years of potentially Carson's prime. And I know that may not mean much right now, but I really think another coach could get more out of them. Uh, so I, you know, I think the team needs to be bullish. They either need to blow it up or they got to bring someone else in. Who's going to write the ship. Yeah, it's uh I mean god, they're just in such a uh such a shitty place. But yeah, I, I don't know what Lori does. He, he is pretty loyal to his guys and I think he genuinely likes Doug P. So I I don't think he's going to get fired after this season even if it goes completely off the rails. I think he will get another shot next year. Has this has this Giants loss? I know we we had talked about this earlier in the season where we still wanted the team to win the division overall because it gets Wentz a playoff experience. And who knows? Maybe they do have a little bit of magic and, and win a playoff game at home and possibly go on a run. Uh, Justin, has this switched your mindset? This Giants loss? Are you are you one of those people that are saying trust the process and and tank this season completely? No, I never, uh, I never believe in tanking in football. First of all, first and foremost, the other thing too, is uh, being an Eagles fan. I want to win the division regardless. Um, it has nothing to do full disclosure has nothing to do with me putting large amounts of money on us winning the division, <laughs> but um, regardless of that, I still uh, want to see us win the division. I, I mean, the picks end up being the picks in the end. Anyways, who knows what, how we can do with a higher yeah, we'll blow it. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, and I, I would, I'd like to see, I mean, if, if Doug can, I don't think Doug can pull anything off at this point, but Hey, uh, if he could go on a run, maybe you could save his job. But at this point, I I'd rather see him out of here in the end. <laughs> I see, we'll see. I see Rob furrowing his brow on the Skype call, not, not buying into Doug P December, Doug, as I like to call him, he, he turns the team around in December, Rob, I know you've accused me of being a Doug apologist. But come on, Doug Peterson in December gets this team going. They get on a little hot streak, win those last division games. Maybe they put, sneak out a win against some of these tougher teams that no one thinks they have a chance. Rob, have you switched your mindset? Are you actually rooting for the Eagles to lose and for them to get a better draft pick? No, I, I mean, look, I'm not going to root for them to lose. I, I still want to win. Uh, you know, you, you you play to win the game, so to speak. So I, I'm not going there. Uh, if it turns out we're awful and we get a great draft pick, fine, great. Um, I'm sure we'll botch it, but um, no, we need to win. I, I still do want to win the division. I, I just have no optimism at this point. You know, we, we're on here every week and we try to be optimistic. Uh, you guys more than me, probably. I keep it real. Uh, you know, but at this point, 
well, I mean, what, what can we be optimistic about? I mean, let's just look at the facts. I mean, every week has gotten worse and worse and, and it, either it's turnovers or last week was just one of the worst game plans I've ever seen. And not to mention coming off a bye. this was not a short week. The team was not banged up. We got guys back. We were healthier and Doug had, you know, a whole bye week to scheme for the giants. And that was the best he could do. I mean, let's just process that. That is awful. It's unthinkable. So I don't know how I can be optimistic that he's going to magically put it together in December. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I guess it's just that he he's done it before Justin hypothetical question time. If uh, you know, the big three, Howie, Doug and Carson, uh, you know, if, if you're choosing one of the three to stick it out and, and to be with us, maybe a few years down the line, three years, four years, five years down the line, who are those three? Are you choosing Doug Peterson, Howie or Carson Wentz one to stick with us? Yeah. Uh, if you could only yeah. choose one of those three, who do you want? I know earlier I was say, uh when we started this podcast, I was talking about possibly trading Carson. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is a good one. Good question. Um, I probably stick with Carson in this situation and in this scenario, uh, mainly being because I like the team that we have around him at the moment. I like what we built so far. Um, I think with coaching, we could still get him pointed in the right direction, salvage him. Um, I, th- I think it's a Doug issue mainly. Um, it, it would either be Carson, possibly Howie, but I think there's other GMs out there who could do what Howie's been doing at this point. Um, I've loved Howie for a long time. I love what he's been able to do with the cap previously. Um, but now that we're starting to enter cap hell, um, he's kind of worn out his welcome there and he's, he's mid range as far as drafts, as we know at best. So um, I'd probably actually stick with Carson. Oh, okay. Rob, this is uh, a real Sophie's choice for you. Although Sophie was choosing to save one, I feel like you want to throw all three overboard and let them drown. Uh, Carson, Doug, or Howie, you get one, or you're forced to get one, and, and I think you're leaning to blow it all up, Rob. But you have to pick one. Who are you picking? No, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely keeping Carson. Look, I, I, his play this year has been awful. It's been sloppy. The turnovers are terrible. Uh, now you're starting to hear reports that he has very sloppy, uh, you know, practices and and has developed bad habits, uh, which Doug has denied. But you know, I, I take that with a grain of salt. But look, I I think at the end of the day, Doug's got to go. Uh, you know, Howie. I, I, quite honestly, I wouldn't mind a fresh start from the drafting standpoint. I'm I, I'm not totally out on Howie, but. Uh, if you're making me pick, I'm keeping Wentz because I do still believe that Wentz can be a very good quarterback, if not a top tier talent, but clearly they've gone soft on coaching him. They're not pushing him. And I just think the scheme's terrible. I think it'd be tough for anyone to truly succeed in the scheme we're running this year. So I think you blow it up. You bring a new coach in that can hopefully maximize Wentz and and then we'll know truly what we have. Maybe he can turn it around. Yeah, I mean, of these scenarios, I, I definitely want to get rid of Howie and, and get a fresh start from personnel and the drafting point of view. But it really, to me, boils down: Would you rather see Doug Peterson with a different quarterback, or would you rather see Carson Wentz with a different coach? And 
I think we've seen that ceiling that Carson Wentz has with better coaching. Now, whatever part Doug was was a part of that, or whatever uh, part Frank Reich, and every game that goes on, it seems like less and less that Doug was that part of it. So I think of those two options, I'm much more optimistic about Carson Wentz with a different coach in a fresh scheme than Doug Peterson taking this scheme. And we've seen he just hasn't really changed the scheme that much to fit Carson Wentz and fit his needs. So why would we be optimistic? He could do it with a different quarterback and he hasn't done anything with Jalen hurts and Jalen hurts. Can't even hang on to the ball. Like, Oh God, that, that draft pick pisses me off so much. Every time you see him out there, you realize what a fucking waste. We could have used a legit second round pick for a linebacker, give our defense a little bit of pop, but that's not the case. Would have been nice as we're facing the Cleveland Browns this week. Uh, Browns coming in. I mean, the Browns have looked noticeably better than the uh, than the Philadelphia Eagles, but they've struggled on the uh, defensive side of the ball at times. They really rely on on the ground game. Uh, Baker Mayfield. They're kind of limiting Baker Mayfield's um, you know throws and and putting the game on them. But it makes sense. They have good running backs and and kudos to them. Stefanski running a system that fits Baker Mayfield. What's a key matchup on defense? Justin, a player that has to step up to stop the Cleveland Browns on offense. Um, I'd be looking at Singleton and Edwards trying to stuff that hole, try to stuff that that run game there for us. I think, uh, and obviously our defensive line, but uh, I would look at the linebackers. I think they could uh, possibly make some key tackles there, uh, prevent some big runs. So that's where my my eyes will be looking this game. Yeah, I mean, if we can actually slow down the run, that you know, because they rely on that, to set up the play action, and that's how they get their offense going. Rob, who's a player on defense needs to step up against the Browns? I, I think it's got to be Fletcher Cox. Uh, yeah. I think the interior of that line, they really need to plug it and, and you know, like Justin said, stop the run. And I think if they can uh, plug the interior and and just disrupt a little bit, get in Baker's face, uh, don't let the run get through. I, I think everything else can kind of flow from there. If, if they don't get any disruption, I, I think they're going to pick us apart. They're going to run and, and Baker's going to, you know, throw. Yeah, it does seem like we got to uh, uh, really just slow down their running game. Otherwise, we're just going to get run all over. And and hopefully Schwartz does the smart thing and kind of loads the box. You know, I I think you maybe you just stick Darius Slay on Jarvis Landry, and then uh, you know let the nickel or Avante Maddox, Nickel Roby Coleman deal with some of their other guys there. They we'll see what the tight ends do. That's always a bit of a, uh, a sore spot for us on defense, but. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Brandon Graham. I mean, he's one of the, of the defense. He's really one of the few consistent playmakers we've had throughout the season to get a sack, to get a strip sack, to create pressure, to get a turnover going. So Brandon Graham has to step up on the defensive side of the ball, moving over to the offense for me, uh, Miles Sanders just has to go off and, and it's up to the coaching staff to give him the ball. I mean, the guy's legit averaging six yards of carry. I, I don't know why we can't put ourselves in better third down situations when you have a running back getting fucking six yards of carry. He needs to break some off for a touchdown because uh, that's the only way he's going to score. They're not going to give it to him enough to actually hit that volume. So he needs a big play. And he's not helping Carson at all, cast, you know, catching passes out of the backfield. He's dropped some easy ones. I mean, Wentz's accuracy super short, never great, but Miles Sanders needs to pick it up receiving, and I think he needs to have a huge game running the ball. Rob, 
offensive side of the ball. Who do you need to step up? Well, I was going to say the same as you. Miles Sanders is our best playmaker. I I think I say it every week and I don't know why Doug abandons the run every week, but the the ball's got to be in his hands as much as possible. Um, You know, I, I, I just think there's no one else that can give us that, that pop or that potential for a home run on every play. Um, But you know, to, to distinguish that, I would like to see Rager get something going. I mean, he's healthy now he's back. It's time for him to break out. I know he got a little annoyed this week. They asked him, you know, what it's like seeing other rookies like Jefferson succeed. And, uh, you know, he said something like, well, they weren't hurt like I was or something like that. Um, you know, but he, he does need to have a breakout game. Let's see it. Let's see him, you know, let's see that speed in action and let's see him break one in space. So, you know, I'd like to see something from him. And, you know, I think Doug needs to do a better job of getting him the ball in space where he can make people miss, you know, too many of our routes, the receivers really have no shot to make people miss. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see a scheme for that a little bit and get the ball in his hands. Yeah. And we sound like a broken record, but Doug P just doesn't uh, adjust, uh, uh, you know, Orlovsky had that great stat. Uh, what was it? It took, it took for the Eagles to get to some, you know, middle of the third quarter before they actually rolled. Carson Wentz out and and the Giants have been struggling against quarterbacks who roll out. So God forbid they do that. And and Rager, again, you know, he's been banged up, but I, I do like what I see out of the kid as far as athleticism. And I do think he has the potential to be a legit playmaker. Breakout game for him would be huge. Justin, who's a guy you need to see step up against the Browns? Uh, just to add to what you were saying about Doug and the play calling, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this stat, uh, <laughs> but it's pretty crazy. We're averaging 4.9 yards per pass play, but uh, we're also ranked 27th in rushing attempts, but we're averaging over five <laughs> yards to carry. So it's just kind of this mismanagement once again. But uh, with that said, um, I actually thought Miles Sanders originally as well. He had three passes that he actually should have caught last week. I was a little bit upset with that. Um, but if, if I'm going to pick a guy who I wish I could have seen a little bit more out of him so far this year, I know he's been injured. So maybe that's a, that's a bit of it, but Goddard, I'd like to see a couple plays by him, at least a, a key touchdown in a crucial situation coming, uh, coming from him. Maybe even a third, I'd take a third down. <laughs> yeah. Jesus uh, Christ. That'd be great. So yeah. And, and Goddard's supposed to be the heir apparent to Zach Ertz. Oh, you know, he had the bye week uh, to get healthy and, and maybe it just wasn't I think he had, you know, four catches on five targets. Richard Rogers basically had the same stat line, but more, more yards. So I don't know what's going on that Richard Rogers is having a better game than Dallas Goddard, but Goddard really has a, uh, has the opportunity to uh, step up. All right. Moving over to the Eagles nest. Previously, we, we picked someone who was going to be the MVP of the game, but since the team fucking sucks, let's, let's switch things up. Who is going to blow this game for the Eagles? Let's just lean into the pessimism. Justin, who's going to be your least valuable player of the game? <laughs> oh, I don't like to think of this. Um, least valuable player for us, I'm going to go uh, Jalen Mills. Oh, okay. I could see that. Yeah. He's he's going to, I could see him blowing it, blowing some coverages, letting Higgins yeah. or, you know, one of their tight ends, he's guarding, go off and, and really killing the game. Double move, buddy. Double move. Rob. <laughs> Embrace your uh, embrace your inner pessimist. Who's going to blow this game for the Eagles? Yeah, there must be a must be a theme here because I was going safety as well. Except I had Rodney McLeod. I I just I could see him missing an assignment, doing something, and and just getting torched. 
Yeah, I mean, McLeod was supposed to be the one, uh, you know, one rock solid guy there and uh, helping to ease the transition from from Jenkins, but certainly hasn't seen the consistency uh, out of him. I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball and uh, I'm going to say Jason Peters. You know, he, he didn't play horrible last week, but I could see old man Peters going on the road in Cleveland, Doug refusing to play my Lada and give a a young guy who you know was playing fucking rugby and now seems like he could be at the left tackle of the future. He just needs more playing time, more reps instead of playing Jason Peters who at best is equal to his skill set right now. I could see him getting beat a bunch of times by Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett uh you know stripping the ball, sacking Wentz, creating some turnovers and uh you know making making the Eagles uh look like the pieces of shit that they are. All right, final game predictions spread over at mybookie.ag is Cleveland as a three and a half point home favorite. Justin, give us your final score predictions. Uh, I'm going to take Cleveland here 21, 15, 15. Cause Doug's going to go for some random two point conversion <laughs> um, and somehow we'll manage to make it. But yeah, there you go. Uh, 21, 15. I can't see us winning a game at this point. Um, call me a pessimist, but if we can't beat the giants, I don't see how we could beat the Browns. Welcome to the real world. Justin, <laughs> the, uh, the over under set at 45 and a half. And right now, according to NFL weather, 15 mile an hour wins in Cleveland. So that always is brutal for scoring points. Uh, Rob, how much do you have the Browns winning by this week? <laughs> what a, well, what a difference a week makes. Cause uh, you know, <laughs> I think last year when we were looking prospectively on the season, I, I had the Eagles to beat the Browns. Oh yeah. Um, but no way after last week, I had them last uh, week to beat the Browns. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, look, the Browns are going to win this game 24, 17, uh, maybe we, you know, have a couple nice plays, but it, it, we're not going to sustain it. They're going to win. Yeah, I got it. Uh, twenty-seven, thirteen, Browns win, cover, ugly game, and then the the Doug Peterson, uh, Doug Peterson possibly getting fired rumors really start heating up. But that being said, maybe maybe they pull things out. But right now, I'm trying to teach them a lesson. If a homer like me can't pick them to win. That really, they really need to take a look in the mirror. Hopefully, Jeffrey Lurie's listening to the podcast and realize what he's doing to this <laughs> fan base. Realize what he's putting us through. I mean, uh, all we can hope for is that uh, Doug Peterson blows off the holiday party because that seemed like that was the the straw that broke the camel back, the camel's back oh, yeah. in, the, in the Chip <laughs> Kelly era. Chip tried to reschedule the holiday party, which uh, you know <laughs> you can't do that to old. Jeffrey Lurie loves himself a holiday party for the diehard Eagles. I'm Sean stacking the money green for Rob, for Justin go birds, go Go birds. birds.
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.